Telly Ballyhoo. Rehearsals for Telly Ballyhoo started as soon as we got back from the half-term holidays. This summer show was called Telly Ballyhoo. A strange name, and I'm not sure why it was called that. It was Madame Benito's idea. They could just have easily have called it the Glenda Nichols show. I was embarrassingly in just about every number. I couldn't believe it, as I was called in for one rehearsal after another. Teachers, visiting choreographers and some student choreographers' pieces for this show and they all wanted to have a piece of me before I left. I was about to have the time of my life. For Telly Ballyhoo, Madame Benitez introduced boys into the school. Us students were all over them like a rash and they didn't mind one bit. The first was Jamie. Madame Benito said that he would be arriving at Sunday tea time when hardly any teachers were around, so would you and Zara take care of him, please? Would we take care of him? You bet we would. Zara and I sat in our bedroom window at the front of the house, eagerly waiting for him to arrive and discussing who he would fall in love with. I had very little experience of boys, but that didn't deter me one bit. As the first to meet him, we had a clear advantage over all the other students. Zara said sulkily, I can't see that I will ever have any chance with him at all with so many girls in the school. I, on the other hand, said, it's up to us to make sure that he likes us best. And anyway, he's going to fall in love with me. And there he was, getting out of a taxi on the drive. Slow down the camera, add schmaltzy music, bring the view close in on his eyes, his dreamy, dreamy eyes. Jamie looked up at me for what seemed like hours and was surely only seconds. It's a cliche, I know, but time literally stood still. He was unbelievable. If you described the perfect boy for that period in time, he was it. Unruly, curly, dark brown hair, stunning smile with white, white teeth like I had never seen before. Tight blue jeans, brown leather boots, tight white t-shirt, wide, wide shoulders, the narrowest of hips. Ridiculous, really. He should never have been set loose in an all-girls school. Eventually, Zara and I snapped back to reality and fell over each other as we ran full pelt down the back stairs and out of the kitchen door to breathlessly greet this Greek god of a boy. We were totally unselfconscious. We were all three instantly friends, but Jamie and I had an attraction like I had never experienced before. He was to stay in a small room in the office area of the house where Mr Alexander and visiting teachers sometimes slept. Only staff and prefects were allowed in this area. We took Jamie to his room to drop off his rucksack and then took him on a tour of the school. Eyes behind curtains, trees and bushes were all on us. Bolder students rushed up to introduce themselves and flit around us like honeybees. This evening was balmy and soft. The air was full of joy. As was Jamie's way, he had somewhere to be that evening. Who knows where? I soon learnt that he always had somewhere else to be. We arranged to see him for breakfast in the staff dining room, a tiny room that only had one table. 
situated behind the serving area of the kitchen with a lovely bay window. It was a bit of a goldfish tank. All the students would be able to see us as they queued for their breakfast and all the staff would be able to see us through the bay window as they drove up the driveway. Zara and I usually ate in the main dining room, but we didn't want to share Jamie on this first morning at school. All the same, we couldn't wait to show him off. So the tiny goldfish tank of a dining room was perfect. Zara applied full makeup for our breakfast rendezvous. I went for the natural look. I didn't want him to think I was trying too hard. I did in fact try really hard. I did wear makeup that morning, but so subtly and carefully applied that it could hardly be seen. Jamie had been called in to be in just one part of dare. It was choreographed by Bonnie for me and him, but because I was in so many pieces, Sarah Sams, a beautiful young dancer, was also asked to attend rehearsals to learn it. Jamie had hardly any dance experience, but Bonnie recognised his potential. He was strong, so she choreographed the piece with lots of intricate lifts, and other than that, he just had to walk around looking beautiful. It worked. During the rehearsal, I was like putty in his hands and his hands were blissfully all over me as we performed one lift after another. It was funny too, though. Jamie showed the strain of concentration by sticking the end of his tongue out of the corner of his mouth. It looked pretty silly, so Bonnie made him do the whole piece over and over again in rehearsals with a pencil between his teeth. That did the trick. By the time he performed on stage, he was completely cured of that habit. Genius. Bonnie was so cutting edge. Lycra was only just starting to be used, and she organised for Jamie and I to go to a specialist costume maker in Paddington to have white all-in-ones made for us out of Lycra. Of course, my poor parents had to foot the bill again, and I'm sure it would have been horribly expensive. We went along to a small, overheated workroom in the back of a shop where we met the costume maker. He was a tiny old man in tatty clothes that had loads of dressmaker's pins randomly inserted all over them. He stretched the lycra across across our bodies, securing it with pins which he released from his own clothes with a magical flick of his fingers. Quickly, we were encased in white lycra with very little left to the imagination. A week later, we returned there to the now sewn-up lycra bodysuits, and he took in at least another three inches all over them for each of us, and he did that again the following week. This was not because we were losing weight. It was how they made tight-fitting lycra in those days, and it was seriously tight. The pardeur had a Japanese theme. Jamie was a warrior returning home to his lover, me. My hair was left loose and flowing, but Jamie had a skull cap, also made from lycra, by the same man, with a ponytail sticking out of it. I thought it made him look strangely unattractive, which I didn't think was possible, but I didn't care. The closeness of the piece was so distracting that I could hardly see him, I could only feel. A huge piece of white silk, was held by students stage right and left who shimmied it around to look like a river over which Jamie strode towards me. It was like a dream and the perfect platform for us to totally fall head over heels with one another. Sarah may have felt like a bit of a gooseberry in rehearsals, 
but she was actually the one who got to dance with him, as I only ever performed that piece once. After the total joy of those rehearsals, it became obvious that the quick change required for me to be in it was almost impossible. The show actually had to stop for a while whilst I poured myself with a huge struggle into that impossibly tight lycra bodysuit. No easy task when you are hot and sweaty. (laughs) 